Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim In the name of Allah the most gracious the most merciful Eliminate distractions tools for sustained attention and increase productivity This booklet is written by Chris Bailey You're distracted more often than you think. Take away. Research shows you're distracted every 40 seconds when working in front of a computer connected to the internet. This makes taming distractions and interruptions ahead of time critical. One of the most alarming productivity studies I've come across was conducted by Gloria Mark in partnership with Microsoft. <coughs> in the study, Gloria tracked how 40 knowledge workers spent their time and attention when working in front of a computer. While she discovered a few interesting nuggets when pouring through the experiment logs like that our ability to focus suffers when we get less sleep and are stressed out to me the most fascinating finding had to do with how frequently we're distracted or interrupted as we work <clears throat> The average person is distracted or interrupted every 40 seconds when working in front of a computer. This is remarkable. While it's easy to recognize that we live in an age of distraction, to me this number is astounding. It's pretty hard to do good deep work when you can't even focus for a minute. In the meantime, or in the timeline, sorry, in the timeline of our work, in the timeline of our work, our best thinking happens after this 40 second mark which it's called the productivity we're missing out on distracted interrupt sorry this is the graph here there is 40 seconds and there is on top of the dotted line the productivity we're missing out on and underneath the 40 seconds distracted interrupted anyway let me explain this in the timeline of our work our best thinking happens after this 40 second mark I've started to think a lot more about distractions since stumbling on this statistic. Once you become aware of how rare sustained focused attention is, it's impossible to look at your work the same way. It's like noticing the arrow embedded in the FedEx logo for the first time. This 
further supports the fact that we need to eliminate as many distractions and interruptions from our work as possible. The disruptions, including email, notifications, and alerts, are infinitely easier to deal with before they come up, rather than after. Downloading, downloading apps like Freedom or Cold Turkey or disconnecting from the internet completely while doing your most important work, you spend 47% of your time on the internet procrastinating. Can go a long way in helping you charge past this 40-second mark. Again, the, dis- the disruptions, including email notifications and alerts, are infinitely easier to deal with before they come up ra- rather than after. Downloading apps like Freedom or Cold Turkey or disconnecting from uh, the internet completely while doing your most important work, you spend 47% of your time on the internet procrastinating, can go a long way in helping you charge past this 40-second mark. Taking just a few minutes to tame distractions ahead of time can save your hours of lost productivity later on. Four types of distractions that derail your productivity. Takeaway. There are two types of distractions and interruptions that derail our productivity. Those we can't control and those we can. We should proactively deal with the distractions we have control over and change how we respond to those interruptions we can't control. Every distraction or interruption that derails your productivity can be sorted into one of four categories, depending on whether the distraction is annoying or fun, and whether or not you have control over it. In stepping back from my own distractions and interruptions, I've come up with different tactics for how to deal with these four types of productivity hijackers. Here are the four types of distractions that derail your productivity and how to deal with them. The four types of distractions or interruptions. So you have uh, a square here. Uh, There are four boxes. On the left side, there is no control and underneath control. On top, annoying and fun. So distractions we can't control. It's helpful to realize there are distractions we can't control, ones that are both annoying, office visitors, loud colleagues, required meetings, and those that are fun, your co-workers asking if you'd like to join the team for lunch. Uh, The key to dealing with these uh, derailments isn't to prevent them from happening. Their very nature prevents you from doing so. Instead, it's up to you to change how you respond quickly getting back on track after annoying interruptions and enjoying any fun interruptions that happen to arise. Uh, Distractions we can control. Thankfully, the list of distractions we can control is much longer. It includes emails, uh, phone calls, audible and vibrating alerts, text messages, social media, news websites, and the internet. The solution to dealing with these distractions is simple. Eliminate the interruptions ahead of time. 
If you frequently stumble into productivity potholes while on the internet, disconnect while doing your most important work, if checking email is eating away at your productivity or email alerts are preventing you from focusing on your work, disable those beeps and bloops and turn off the new message notifications that pop into the corner of your screen as you're working. Schedule a few windows throughout the day to intentionally check your email and instead checking it uh, habitually. Uh, most distractions are easier to deal with in advance than they are to resist as they come up. The reason we often fall victim to fun or stimulating distractions is simple. In the moment we see distractions as more alluring, in the moment we see distractions as more alluring, albeit less productive compared to what we ought to be doing. Clearing these distractions ahead of time gives us the focus needed to stay on track. The next time you get distracted or interrupted in your work, ask this question, why the, the interruption why the interruption within or outside your control? Next time, can you deal with the interruptions ahead of time in order to reclaim some productivity? Can you change how you deal with the distraction the next time around or get back on track quicker? Not all workplace distractions and interruptions are within your control, but many are. It's worth dealing with them accordingly. 10 ways to sharpen an axe. Takeaway. For every minute we spend planning, we save several execution, like sharpening an axe before chopping down a tree. Here are ten of many, uh, here are ten of my favorite ways to do this: learn to meditate, tame distractions before working, a single task, know your most productive tasks, set intentions constantly, start a maintenance day ritual. Exercise, eat foods that burn slower, don't compromise on sleep, and work around your energy levels. There is a quote misattributed to Abraham Lincoln that goes, Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four hours. Uh, I will and I'll spend the force for sharpening the axe. Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. Even though he never said it, I love the idea, or I love this idea, particularly as far as productivity is concerned. The message is this: for every minute we spend planning and preparing, we save several in execution. This is true only up to a point, of course. It's impossible to be productive when we don't do the work. But once we do, planning means our actions are more thought out and we are able to work more deliberately and intelligently. Here are 10 of my favorite ways to plan and prepare before getting to work. One, learn to meditate. Meditation is hard, but that's exactly what makes it worthwhile. In meditation, you focus on just one thing. This act takes uh, tremendous willpower and it trains you over time to focus deeper on what's in front of you in any given moment. On average, we spend only 53% of our time focusing on what's in front of us. Our mind is wandering for the remainder. 
The time it takes to learn meditation will more than pay for itself as you master your attention and focus. If you need help to get started, here is a simple guide I wrote to introduce uh, you to the practice. Two, tame distractions ahead of time. Here is a simple truth about distractions and interruptions. They are near impossible to resist after they come up, but are actually pretty easy to tame ahead of time. Take stock of the distractions and interruptions that derail your productivity. Examine which ones you can deal with ahead of time and then do uh, just that. This takes away or this takes a few minutes, but will save an incredible amount of time throughout the day. Three, do one thing at a time, even if only for a few minutes. We can only consciously focus on one thing at a time when we try to work on too many things in the moment, we spread our attention thin and accomplish a lot less because we do a mediocre job on everything. This is what makes uh, multitasking inefficient. One of the best ways to become more productive is to single task, work on just one thing at a time in order to immerse yourself in that task. This leads us to a hyper-focused state where we uh, where we are totally engrossed in our work. This is easier said than done, though this tactic is infinitely easier after you tame the distractions around you. But it's worth effort for the productivity benefits you'll reap. Start with single tasking for 20 minutes. After you finish, reflect on what you were able to accomplish in that time. Chances are you'll want to continue with this tactic because of how much more productive it will make you. Four, know your most productive work tasks. We often start working without first knowing the most productive tasks in our day. The consequential tasks through which we accomplish a disproportionately large amount. If you haven't done so already... Step back from your work to find your most productive tasks. This will take a few minutes, but will give you an incredible amount of insight into what's most important in your uh, work. Five, uh, set intentions constantly. The more you set intentions, the more deliberately and productively, productively you work. Through the rule of three, which I probably write about too much on this site, which I probably write about too much on this site, I set intentions every year, month, weekend, day. While this may sound obsessive, I also keep a running list of intentions on the giant whiteboard in my office. The more often you set intentions, the more productive you become. Six, do all your maintenance tasks at once. Maintenance tasks at home, like taking out the trash, Cutting your nails, preparing meals, and cleaning up can be a pain. By lumping them together and doing them all at once, you free up time, attention, and energy for more meaningful and productive work throughout the, throughout the week. This can take a few minutes of planning at first, but you'll feel the positive effects of having a maintenance day ritual throughout the week. 7. Exercise is pretty simple. It's pretty simple. When you exercise, you have more energy. 
In writing an article like this one, it's easy to fall into the trap of preaching about the wonderful science of exercise and the, uh, the cocktail of endorphins it releases, but I'll resist this trap. Exercise gives you more energy and energy is the fuel you burn in order to become more productive. It can take dedication and energy to show up at the uh, gym, but like the other tactics on this list, that time investment will more than pay for itself. Eight, eat food that burns slower. Eat food that burns slower. What you eat has a huge impact on your energy levels and thus your productivity. There are two kinds of food. Food that's highly processed and burns fast and food that's natural and burns slower. If you look back to the meals that have provided lasting energy, chances are they weren't highly processed. Natural food, food that's still in nature's packaging like fruits, vegetables, beans, nuts, meats, and so on, burn super slow in your body and offer a lasting amount of energy over time. Nine, don't compromise your sleep. I see sleep as the process through which we exchange our time for energy, and the exchange rate is pretty damn good. I see sleep as the process through which we exchange our time for energy, and the exchange rate is pretty damn good. For every hour of sleep you miss, you lose even more productivity the next day. Getting the proper amount of sleep not only provides more energy, it also makes you more productive. 10. Work around your energy levels. Figuring out when in the day you have the most energy means you can align your work with how your energy naturally fluctuates. Again, figuring out when in the day you have the most energy means you can align your work with how your energy naturally fluctuates. Since we're more productive during high energy periods, we should schedule our most demanding tasks during these times. Similarly, uh, our least taxing tasks should happen when we have lower amounts of energy. Working around our energy levels means we can work smarter uh, and more deliberately. How to measure your productivity? How to measure your productivity? Takeaway. Uh, productivity is all about accomplishing what we intend to. That's why we should measure our productivity against our intentions. A shift occurred several decades ago that completely uprooted what being productive meant. We started doing knowledge work with our brains rather than assembly line work with our bodies. A shift occurred several decades ago that completely uprooted what being productive meant. We started doing knowledge work with our brains rather than assembly line work with our bodies. Productivity meant something very different with assembly line work. If we were efficient and produced a ton of widgets during our shift, we were productive. That was before. 
This definition doesn't work today. It's easy to be efficient on the wrong things. Like if we were to follow 10,000 people on Twitter and become ultra-efficient at keeping up with every one of them. In a similar way, a lot of people equate productivity equate productivity with getting more done. But simply getting more done doesn't mean make us more productive. If one day you have four pointless meetings, hop on to conference calls to update your boss on your quarterly budget, uh, read every news story and catch up with the unimportant email you've received. You've gotten a lot of stuff done, but it didn't necessarily move your work forward in a meaningful way. Again, if one day you have four pointless meetings, hop on two conference calls to update your boss on your quarterly budget, read... uh, uh, read every news story and catch up or read every news story and catch up with the unimportant email you've received. You've gotten a lot of stuff done, but it didn't necessarily move your work forward in a meaningful way. Another productivity definition that comes close but just misses the mark is getting more important stuff done. This idea works most of the time, but What if the most productive thing you could do one day is totally step back from your projects so you're able to recharge and work with uh, more energy later on? Okay, let me repeat that. But what if the most productive thing you could do one day is totally step back from your projects so you are able to recharge and work with more energy later on? Or what if it's the weekend and the most meaningful way you could spend your time is to disconnect and spend time with your family? I'd argue that none of these definitions work well today. With the knowledge-based work we do today, we are productive when we accomplish what we intend to do. What we intend to, sorry. My favorite word in the English language is intention. Working with intention is all about focusing on what's important and doing so with purpose. When we live with intention outside of work, we create a more meaningful life for ourselves at home. Intention is also what makes us human. Other animals can't step back from what they are doing. Imagine other animals can't step back from what they are doing. Uh, Imagine several potential futures and then choose the most productive and meaningful path. This intention-based definition of productivity also accounts for the fact that energy and focus are a critical component of productivity and recognizes that sometimes doing nothing at all is key to recharging so we can become more productive later on. To measure your productivity against your intentions, you need to carve out intentions for yourself in the first place. We are the most productive when we work and live intentionally. Again, we are most 
We are the most productive. We are the most productive when we work and live intentionally. As a result, intentions are the meters tick we should measure our productivity against. This small pamphlet or brochure or booklet, whatever you want to call it, is written by Chris Bailey. And Chris, he, he says in this small bio, when I graduated university a while back, I received a few full-time job offers but decided to decline them to dedicate a full year of my life to exploring my weird passion, productivity. For a full year, I did anything and everything to become more productive. That included conducting dozens of productivity experiments on myself, like living in total isolation for 10 days, only using my smartphone for an hour a day, waking up at 5.30 a.m. every morning, and working 90-hour weeks. Today, I am on a mission to share my more human approach to productivity on this blog, in my talks, and in my book, The Productivity Project. You may visit uh, the page or the website of Chris Bailey. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. This is Dr. Khaled Dosiri recording this lovely pamphlet for you. Take care, everybody. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah.